All right, guys, it is Thor Love and Thunder weekend. <laughs> We're super excited. We're going to be talking all about Thor Love and Thunder. What yes. some people are saying, critics are kind of hammering it. I saw a cinema score that gave it a B plus, and mm. it's coming in a little lower than expected for a Marvel film. So we'll dive deep into that. And of course, we'll be talking all about Warner Brothers and all of their interesting decisions trying to cut costs. Zasloff is making some very interesting decisions, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, for, for sure. If, if you have a job there, beware. Be careful. You may not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is cutting every which way. He's taking down buildings, literally, y'all. <laughs> Don't know what I'm talking about? You will. Exactly. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely wild. We will get into that a little bit later, but now let's get a little crazy. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 201. Woo! That is absolutely wild. And you guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Oh my goodness. Before I tease any industry news, guys, be sure to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel and or podcast platform that you are listening to us. Be sure to rate the podcast, comment what you think about the podcast, what was your favorite section, um, and be sure to you know get a little crazy with us because we love the fan interaction so yeah. be sure to follow us on social media at itcat podcasts and leave your freaking review about what you think about the show what do you think about us what do you think about our merch man yeah. because that's available on our website right now www.crazyantmedia.com where you can rock the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear we actually have a brand new podcast design that's up right now and we are very freaking proud of it guys it's new and improved and man oh man he's kind of wearing my shirt to be it's honest sort with of, you. yeah yeah maybe i planned that a little bit maybe <laughs> i planned that but man oh man it's going to be a great freaking show of course we're talking about the streaming wars we're talking about warner brothers we're talking about anything and everything that's going down in hollywood but we have to talk about some somber stuff that happened this past week. It seemed like, I don't even know, a crazy amount of legendary actors passed away. The Grim Reaper hit Hollywood really hard this week, taking nearly six of industry's loved members. Legendary actor James Caan, uh, whose incredible Oscar-nominated performance from uh, as Sonny Corleone, the recklessly hot-headed son of Marlon Brando's Mafia Don in The Godfather, uh, is sure to be remembered as long as there are gangster movies around, that's for sure. He passed away on Wednesday. He was 82. Uh, he is survived by his daughter, Tara, uh, and by Mattis uh, and Scott, and who is an actor, Ryan, Alexander and um, Hammock James and I mean Jacob as well so I mean he's got a big loving family so I'm hoping they're uh, taking this time to grieve a little bit and just remembering how awesome their dad was uh yeah no cause of death yet uh some of these we don't know the cause of death yet and we will be sure to let you guys know when we do yeah. wasn't the only gangster to pass away unfortunately we also found out that tony sirico the actor known for playing mobster peter paulie walnuts of course on the sopranos he died yesterday he was 79 mm. now he is survived by his two children joanne and richard as well as grandchildren siblings nieces nephews and other relatives so that's another big one man just yeah. kind of like mm. it really is and also grace uh gregory itzen a character actor who played the 
Nixonin, a president on 24, also died yesterday due to complications during an emergency surgery. Mm. He was 74. And now he is survived by his wife, Judy, and his two children, uh, Wilkie and Julia, and his grandson, uh, Wilder Gregory. Uh, Larry Storch, the comedic uh, character actor who also did voiceover work and impressions and was best known probably, especially to me, for his role as Corporal Randolph Ergon on F Troop has died also. He was 99. I'm guessing that was natural causes. For sure. Storch was a familiar face, of course, on TV shows throughout the 60s and 70s. He starred in the 70s children's show The Ghostbusters, not the Ghostbusters that you guys know, and appeared on The Love Boat, Car 54, Where Are You? Married with Children. He actually played Al Bundy's childhood hero who had an acting school. That was a really cool character, too. So quite a loss, but quite a life lived, 99 years old. So Yeah, for sure. And also Lenny Von Dolan, who played uh, Harold Smith on the hit series Twin Peaks. He died on Tuesday. He was 63. And this one's a sad one too, guys. Gunnar Mortensen, who was a camera assistant on Apple's The Morning Show for two seasons and whose career spanned over a decade as a crew member on a number of other hit projects, died in a motorcycle accident mm -hmm. on July 4th at the age of just 39. Uh, he leaves behind a wife and a two-year-old son. Uh, if you look up that name, they have started a GoFundMe page to help the family with expenses because you guys, you guys know the below the line crew people there, you know, they, they work job to job, fit project to project. And, uh, they, they probably need some help. So if you look that up, just tragic 39. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. And this last one, uh, Kazuki Takahashi. Uh, now he was the creator of the hit manga series, Yu-Gi-Oh! That turned into a huge cartoon network show. He died at the age of 60. Now reports say he was snorkeling and potentially drowned. An investigation is underway, but something like that, you know, you're just possibly trying to enjoy life a little bit, enjoy vacation. I don't know the call or like the instance, but I mean, he was a big part, or at least that show was a big part of my life growing up. And it was kind of like, you know, it was one of those hit things like Pokemon and all these other things. So I just wanted to throw that one in there as well. He was also working with Marvel the past couple of years. So it's crazy. Yeah. And we just found out literally before we went live and you know, we are huge fans of Oprah Winfrey. So we want to pass along our condolences to Miss Winfrey because we just found out before going live that her father passed away. Um, so condolences and thoughts are with you, Oprah. Uh, during this tough time and um you know so yeah grim reaper was busy this week yeah seriously but let's lighten it up a little bit because disney is doing some amazing things they have partnered with howard university to help advance opportunities for underrepresented students in media and entertainment now the initiative the disney storytellers fund at howard university was announced by the walt disney company at the essence festival of culture this week the multi-year program will provide a stipend uh, over a five-year period for student projects focused on storytelling across animation digital design gaming journalism live action performing arts uh product design visual design virtual reality and more per wow. the company the program is part of Disney's social investment and collaborations, including school-age STEM programs to increase access to careers in storytelling and innovative for those who have been historically underrepresented. So, I mean, this is, I think this is a huge thing. Disney is making huge strides towards diversity and trying to be very inclusive and helping everyone, you know, let their voice be heard. So I think Disney is making a big, big, Big thing. With oh, this. yeah. And geared towards that uh, and also announced at the Essence Festival, Disney also revealed the name and arrival date and more details about its 
reimagined Splash Mountain ride, which, of course, if you guys remember, had been criticized for its racist depictions. Now, the revamped attraction titled Tiana's Bayou Adventure will make its debut at Disney World's Magic Kingdom and Disneyland in late 2024. I'm all for anything turning into a bayou ride. I'm all like, <laughs> bring it. I love it. That, of course, is, uh, you know, obviously based on the New Orleans princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be fantastic. I-, I love that. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. Now, everybody's been waiting to hear what are we going to talk about with Thor Love and Thunder? Well, Disney and Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder is dropping a major hammer on the competition at the domestic box office this weekend. The fourth installment in Thor's MCU story got off to a mighty strong start with a $69.5 million gross on opening day, which includes $29 million in Thursday previews, and now projecting an opening between $135 and $155 million in its opening weekend. That's kind of what I was predicting as well. Uh, from 4,375 theaters, that would be a steep up from the stormy superhero previous solo outing, uh, Ragnarok, which opened at one point or uh, uh, 122.7 million <laughs> in 2017. Uh, should estimates hold, Thor Love and Thunder will mark its 12th biggest debut for the cinematic universe of Marvel uh, between 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which grossed about $146.5 million from 2010's Iron Man 2, which grossed about $128.1 million. It would also score the third highest three-day domestic opening this year behind Universal's Jurassic World Dominion, which, you know, as we told you about, got $145 million, mm-hmm. and Disney's own Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which was groundbreaking with $187.4 million. So we shall see how it goes. Um, I know a lot of, well, some, I shouldn't say a lot, uh, some critics are hammering it, saying it's not as good as Ragnarok, but I mean, how can you recreate a perfect movie? You have to tell a different story, and I'm just super excited to see it. I don't care what all those haters say. There's always going to be haters but you know how it is yeah i mean you know it's unfortunate everybody wanted ragnarok too and that's not what this story is but you can't you know you got to trust marvel you got to go with what they're doing and 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 look i think it's going to be a great movie and we'll let you know what we think after we see it tonight for sure (laughs) but thor the old god of thunder might be the first avenger to have his fourth solo movie but he's not the only one because we know who's next, and now we know who's going to be leading it. Julius Ona, director of the Cloverfield Paradox, and Luce is set to helm the fourth Captain America movie. This time, of course, starring Anthony Mackie as the main character and building on the events from the 2021 Disney Plus series Falcon and the Winter Soldier, in which, of course, he became Captain America. The film does not yet have an official title or a release date, but expectations are high that Marvel Studios could announce both, of course, later this month at San Diego Comic-Con, where the studio will be presenting for the first time since 2019 after the Comic-Con was canceled in 2020 and 2021 due, of course, to the COVID pandemic. It's also unclear who else from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, including Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, of course, Wyatt Russell's John Walker, who is now U.S. agent, of course, Emily Van Camp, Sharon Carter, the power broker. Is she? Isn't she? We we don't know. Or Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character of Allegra de Fontaine, who would also be joining them in the film. So we don't know if any of them are, but 
likely, I would think yes. You would think so with a story, their story left off. So. I mean, for sure. Yeah. At least Bucky. Yeah. At least Bucky. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. Come on now. Well, guys. Ooh, this next one. Charlie yeah. Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are returning to Marvel Studios for the upcoming Disney Plus series, Echo. Yes. Now, this one's reuniting after their Netflix series ended back in 2018. Cox and D'Onofrio, who portrayed the classic Marvel Comics characters Daredevil and the Kingpin, respectively, have joined the series, which stars Hawkeye Breakout, Aquila Fox as Maya Lopez. Sources say Echo will include a plotline in which Daredevil, whose alter ego is the blind attorney Matt Murdock, of course, is searching out a former ally. Some have suggested that ally is Jessica Jones, another Marvel character who top-lined her own Netflix series and played it by Kristen Ritter. Now, if Ritter as Jones does indeed make an appearance in Echo, that would leave just Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Punisher as street-level crime fighters still left to be reintroduced to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Per the studio, Echoes follows Maya Lopez after as she and her life as a New York gang leader catches up with her and she returns to her hometown to reconnect with her Native American roots as she already has tangled with Kingpin in a fight in Hawkeye finale after learning he was responsible for the death of her beloved uncle, William Lopez. So we shall see how that goes. So now I'm thinking, though, Okay, so the log line says that she returns to her hometown to, you know, to go learn more about her Native American roots. That's not Hell's Kitchen. That's not New York City. So how do Daredevil and Kingpin play into that? Because another rumor is that Kingpin is running for the mayor of New York City. So if the series is taking her out of New York City, that's going to be interesting. Right. How they're going to balance that. There's not going to be any back and forth, you would think. I wouldn't think. So, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. Trust in Marvel. Right. Always. But it's Marvel is not the only thing inside the house of mouse. And guess what? We've, this one is another huge one. This cast, I can't even believe how huge this cast is. Disney's 20th Century Studios and New Regency debuted the first look at director David O. Russell's star-studded thriller, Amsterdam. The 1930s set trailer fouls three close friends, two soldiers, played by Christian Bale and John David Washington, and a nurse portrayed by Margot Robbie. Now, they find themselves at the center of one of the most shocking secret plots in American history. The three formed a pact and swore to protect each other no matter what. Well, that's all good and well until the trio find themselves accused of killing someone, which is not true, Bale's character confides in his compatriots, played by Rami Malek and Anya Taylor-Joy. I'm not done with the cast yet, though, y'all. But they sure look guilty, at least according to those at the scene of the crime. From there, the trailer goes off the rails as they set out to find someone, anyone, starting with... Robert De Niro, our boy Bobby, uh, his character, a friend of the victim who was killed because of something monstrous he had seen, helps them uncover the truth. The cast, a real who's Hollywood, I'm not even kidding, also includes Taylor Swift, Alessandra Navola, Andrea Reisenberg, Matthias Sohnhardis, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, and Zoe Zeldana. Like, what? Russell also wrote and produced the film, marking his first feature since 2015's Joy. Now, the film's set to open in theaters on November 4th. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, I mean, that's star-stubbed. And, I mean, 
let's be honest about it. Since 1917, we haven't really got a good war flick, in my opinion. So I'm excited to see how this is going to play out. Yeah, and it's partially a true story. Yeah. So that's going to be really cool. For sure. Well, James Cameron may have created the planet of Pandora, but there is a chance that the filmmaker does not direct all of the Avatar films. After the franchise game-changing first film, Cameron decided to continue the saga with four more stories, of which the first Avatar, The Way of Water, hits theaters on December 16th of 2022. The third installment has been announced, um, but it's slated to be released in December of 2024. Since it was filmed back-to-back, Avatar 2... Uh, the fourth and fifth movies haven't gone into production at all yet, but when they do, Cameron says he might not be at the helm. The director said in an interview th- uh, that the Avatar films themselves are kind of all-consuming, adding that there are some other projects he is developing that he is really excited about, despite being uncertain about whether or not he will be directing the rest of the Avatar franchise. Cameron is looking forward to seeing the storylines play out, though. But, I mean, you know, I you created a universe, bro. What do you expect? But I'm, I'm excited to see what it's going to be and if it lives up to the first one. Yeah, so far, I, I, I'm hearing not. But uh, we'll see. And, of course, obviously, you know, without three and four in production already, it's going to depend on box office of two. For sure. If that thing doesn't go, then he won't have to worry about directing the other three and four because those things are expensive as shit to shoot. So if you don't make money, he ain't getting three and four. I'm just saying. Well, exactly. Well, the third one's already done. He just said he did it back to back. So it's fourth and fifth. No, he said the, 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 well, yeah, but the fourth and fifth. Yeah, not in. I mean, fourth and fifth that he's not going to yeah. get. It, it's, but yeah, there's no way. Exactly. So, and, and will we see now? Cause we know Chappic. We know Chappic. If the other if two bombs, will three go straight to Disney Plus? Yeah, exactly. Which would be a huge. Jesus, could bath. you even imagine Cameron if if his shit went to Disney Plus? He'd be so mad. Ooh, let's see how that. Yeah. I want to see a Chappet Cameron showdown. Right. <laughs> let's hope for a bomb. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, ABC is celebrating the 30th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. The hybrid broadcast special the two-hour special will include live never before seen musical performances and features brand new sets and costumes inspired by the classic story each performance is created to pay homage while also adding the iconic story for viewers at home songs from the original animated classic will be performed in front of a live audience at disney studios though the special will not be shot live The special will air on ABC on December 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern and will be available to stream the following day, of course, on Disney+. Plus. Now, John M. Chu is executive producing with Hamish Hamilton on board to direct. The cast for the special will be announced at a later date date mm-hmm. um yeah this isn't the first one they did this a, a, a few years ago remember uh, with a live uh, little mermaid and it went okay yeah and they so, just did it with annie too yeah so, so we'll see it's like their normal forte it seems like well we will be seeing more of kayla in the upcoming fifth season of freeform's grownish yeah uh, daniela perkins who recurred as a character in season four has been promoted to a series regular for the upcoming fifth season. Additionally, Matthew Soto from Doogie Kamaloha, MD, Tara Rani, uh, Justine Sky from Already Gone, Amelia Zibber, uh, Zaki Wright from Space Jam, A New Legacy, and Slick Woods have all joined the recurring cast in the series. Uh, Yara Shahidi, 
uh, is starring as this. Of course, they finished college. So what's next? What's the story? Season five premieres Wednesday, July 20th at 10 p.m. Oh, I guess we're going to find out what the story is exactly. pretty soon. This one we're super excited about. As you guys know, our, our background, we come from news and we were an ABC affiliate at the station that we worked. So we're really familiar with Janae Norman. We love her. She's just a sweetheart. Guess what? She who has, of course, worked at various jobs for ABC News since 2016 was was named a co-anchor of the weekend edition of Good Morning America, a part of the morning news franchise that has gotten new attention in recent years. Now, Norman may already be familiar with you guys if you watch the show because she's, of course, been hosting the pop news segment on the weekends, joining the proceedings when ABC News launched the second hour of Weekend GMA in October of 2019. Dan B. Harris, a longtime ABC News anchor, left, as you guys know, the weekend broadcast last year to pursue entrepreneurial ventures. Now, Norman will join Coy Inc. Whit Johnson and Eva Pilgrim starting with next weekend's broadcast. Congratulations, Janae. We love you. Fantastic. That's a good move. Yeah, it really is. And I got to say, this is probably the first news broadcast like team that I love all three of them. They're all great together. Their chemistry, the weekend on GMA is really fun. So I'd recommend to watch it. And kudos to Dan Harris. Mm -hmm. You know, he's left, but he was the, the, the building block of that show to kick it off on the weekend and really set what it is now the tone for it. So I wishing him good luck too. He's a good guy too. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, a group of Disney Channel stars are reuniting for a un-Disney project. Now, that is Matthew Scott Montgomery from So Random, Debbie Ryan from Jesse and Sweet Life on Deck, Allison Stoner from Camp Rock and Sweet Life is Zach and Cody, Kevin Chamberlain from Jesse, Tim Bagley from Shake It Up and Raven's Home, and Shane Toff from So Random, and Damian Haas from So Random have all signed on to appear in an upcoming LGBTQ horror thriller directed by Allison Snyder from okay. Sunny with a Chance So Random and so many others. Now, this is going to be titled Howdy Neighbor. The <laughs> upcoming film is written by Montgomery and is format as a screen life film with all of the footage uh, recurring on computer screens. Montgomery starts as Benjamin, a, a, a young queer millennial actor living in West Hollywood who once was a famous actor when a new neighbor, Chase, played by Grant Gordon, uh, joins across the hall, uh, moves across the hall, and reveals himself as a fan. Benjamin begins investigating the oddly familiar man with his best friend, Harley, who's played by Ryan. Aside from former Disney Channel stars, the, also, the supporting cast also includes Sterling Solomon and Adam Faison and Greer Grammer and Kimmy Shields. So, I mean, this is definitely like Disney freaking channel, like legendary fucking shit like yeah. so that's exciting that's a huge group of people right there it sounds interesting yeah right? yeah okay oh uh, jump into fox now this one sounds interesting too fox is developing billionaire class a one-hour drama from writer eric haywood now the show is being described as a high stakes wish fulfillment drama offering a complex vision of wealth race and equity in america it focuses on joe a brilliant but disillusioned billionaire's executive assistant who teaches 
Miles, a charismatic, fast-talking street hustler, how to walk, talk, and act like a billionaire in order to con her employer's super wealthy friends into using their money to help the less fortunate. Mm. So a modern-day Robin Hood <laughs> that's a street hustler. Like, you know, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, for sure. Everybody likes that type of tale. Sure. Um, heading over to Warner Brothers Discovery, man, oh, man. Well, post-merger, pains and eye-watering $3 billion in cost-saving targets are hitting its programming strategy in Europe specifically as the multimedia conglomerate looks to recollaborate with its streaming priorities. It will no longer produce originals for HBO Max in the Nordics, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, now and also Central Europe, the Netherlands, and Turkey. And it will also remove some content from its platform in order to free up licensing deals mm. elsewhere. While original development will be halted immediately in the uh, ever aforementioned territories, programs that are already in production will continue on, though. Well, uh, yeah, so we won't lose out any jobs there. That's awesome. And it is understood a number of green lights that haven't been yet announced will move ahead, too. Uh, however, some of these shows may be sold to other platforms, a move that provides Warner Brothers Discovery with a more licensing opportunity elsewhere. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes, I guess. I mean, you know, but the big FU isn't only to Europe. They're giving that big FU to some places that they own in the States also. Yeah. The cost cutting is also affecting the company right here stateside. Warner Brothers Discovery is also planning to sell off its office complex in Knoxville, Tennessee. The announcement came from Warner Brothers Discovery Chief Financial Officer Gunnar Windenfels in a memo to the company's staff. It reads in part that the company's real estate holdings are under review as they dust settles from the recent merger. Now, approximately 1,000 employees are based in that Knoxville facility, so... Knows, I mean, man. you know, the memo did hint that some of them would be relocated, but not all of them. So yeah. any of them in this economy losing their jobs, not good. But yeah, it's really not. Man. He, man, they are just like cut, 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 cut. Yeah, it seems like they don't care either. No. That's the thing. Well, industry star Marissa Adela is the latest addition to the cast of Greta Gerwig's Barbie. She Ooh. joins the ensemble lead cast, of course, with Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, now, details about the Warner Brothers film plot are still being kept under wrap, and specifics about her character specifically have not been disclosed yet. The film is slated to release on July 21st of 2023. Ooh. I'm assuming we'll get a teaser or something soon. Yeah, they keep releasing little pictures here yeah. and there. That picture of the two of them on rollerblades was yeah. like, what the fuck? I'm a little nervous about this one, but it's Margot Robbie. So I'm, I'm not going to see it. Um, and <laughs> Minari actor Steven Yoon, uh, we all love him, you know him, Walking Dead. Glenn has been cast to star alongside Robert Pattinson, the Batman himself, in Bong Joon-ho's next movie. Oh, this is good. Though the film set at Warner Brothers does not have a title yet, the science fiction story is based on Edward Ashton's novel, Mickey 7. The project, of course, reunites Yoon and Bong, who previously worked together on Netflix's allegoric drama, Okja in 2017 with Lily Collins, of course. The high concept cerebral thriller is described as The Martian Meets Dark Matter. Ooh. It follows an expendable, a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize the ice world Niflheim. Who refuses, by the way, to let his replacement clone, dubbed Mickey 8, 
take his place. Now, plot details for the movie have not been confirmed, and it's not clear how closely Bong, who is also writing the screenplay, plans to stick to the source material or if he's just going to go all crazy and just change it all up. We'll let you know. <laughs> we will let you know. That sounds very freaking it interesting. It does sound interesting. Well, HBO Max has released an official trailer for Rap Shit, and it is an original comedy from Emmy nominee Isaray from Insecure. The series premieres on July 21st with two episodes at 6 p.m. Pacific time and 9 p.m. Eastern time. The eight episode season continues with one episode weekly until September 1st. Now, the series follows two estranged high school friends from Miami, uh, Shawana and uh, Mia. The two reunite to form a rap group, forming a new bond along the way. The series also stars uh, Jonica Booth, Devin Terrell, and J.C. Seiler. So, I mean, I watched the trailer today, and it looks more like a film than an actual, you know, television show. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of this, though, like groups reuniting to yeah. form new groups. I mean, every, it seems like all the streamers have this thing. For sure. Uh, <laughs> and sticking with last week's show's trend, apparently, I'm bringing you the cancellations. Gentleman Jack has been canceled at HBO after two seasons. The show first premiered on HBO and BBC won in the spring of 2019. Its second season ran from April 25th to June 13th on HBO and consisted of eight episodes. Mm. So very interesting. Yeah. Well, everybody's been wondering what the CW is doing with all the superhero cancellations and they still got some supernatural stuff coming. So we're going to talk to you about, you know, their freaking schedule, basically. The CW has unveiled the premiere dates for its fall 2022 lineup. October 11th, we will see the premiere of The Winchesters, the highly anticipated supernatural prequel that stars Meg Donnell and uh, Drake Roger as demon hunters Marion John, parents of the original leads Dean and Sam. Immediately following The Winchesters is the series premiere of Professionals. Now, this one is a spy drama starring Tom Welling and Brendan Fraser. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. Walker Independence, a prequel of the CW series Walker that we've told you about, starring Catherine McNamara, will premiere on the network on October 6th as well. Now, the premiere uh, will immediately follow the season three premiere of the original Starship Walker, which stars Padalecki in the role initially created for Chuck Norris on the 1993 television show Walker, Texas Razor. Now, everybody is asking, and like I teased a little bit, well, we are here to provide you with the full schedule. On Wednesday, August 31st, from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m., you got DC's Stargirl season premiere. Yes, and then Sunday, October 2nd, from 8 to 9, Family Law, uh, and from 9 to 10, Coroner. And those are both new shows with their series premieres. Yeah, for sure. And on Wednesday, October 5th, you have DC Stargirl from 8 to 9, uh, its original episode. And from 9 to 10, you have uh, Kung Fu, which I think it's a second season on yep. this one. Yep. Uh, Thursday, October 6th, as we told you, from 8 to 9, you'll get the season premiere of Walker. And then from 9 to 10, Walker Independence with the series premiere. Yes. And on Friday, October 7th, from 8 to 10, and you get iHeartRadio music special. This is a one night only, or this is a two night only thing. Because <laughs> on Saturday, October 8th, from 8 to 10, you get the second night as well. Yes. And then Monday, October 10th, from 8 to 9, you get All American season premiere. And from 9 to 10, you get All American homecoming season premiere. So there you go. Yeah. And on Tuesday, October 11th, you get The Winchesters. This is the series premiere that we were just telling you about. 
that's from eight to nine o'clock. And then from nine to 10, you get the professionals, which is also a new show that we just told you about, but we're not done Friday, October 14th, Penn and Teller fool us returns with their season premiere. And from nine to nine 30, Yes, it is still a show. Whose line is it anyway? Season premiere. It's still on, guys. It's For still. sure. And to conclude the lineup on Saturday, October 22nd, from 8 to 9, you get uh, Chris's Angel Magic with Stars. Now, this is a series premiere. And from 9 to 9.30, you get World's Funniest Animal season premiere. So yeah. there it is, guys. Be sure to mark it on the calendar, whatever you want to watch. I'm highly anticipating the Winchesters just to see how that is. It doesn't seem as dark as you know supernatural was but i mean people liked that darkness so is it going to hurt it a little bit in my opinion so. i don't know well dean is narrating it so at least you have that right so i i don't know i agree with you though i th- i part of it is i liked while it had its campy moments it was dark and i liked that so I, i'm right there with you i'm of course looking for the walker spinoff excited obviously about Catherine mcnamara in the lead role and i know what you guys are thinking yes we want Catherine back on the show too. We yes. loved her as a guest and we will definitely be reaching back out to her to talk to her about all of this new series. I mean, we got, we got to have her back on the show for sure. All right, let's jump to Paramount where some serious shakeups in management happened this week. Sherry Hansen has been elevated to executive vice president of physical production and visual effects for Paramount pictures and Nickelodeon animation. Now, under her new title, she will continue to work on Paramount's live action films and will expand her portfolio to include titles produced at Nick Animation. Hanson's promotion comes as Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon Studios work to streamline the strategy for production. Hannah joined the company in 2015. Oh, wow. And with Jenny Wall leaving Nickelodeon after a three-year stint as chief marketing officer, she will be succeeded by Sabrina Colori. Uh, who has been promoted to executive uh, vice president and head of marketing and brand strategy for Nickelodeon in her new position. She will previously, uh, she was previously a senior vice president of brand and content strategy will be leading on and off consumer marketing, brand creative and content launches globally across all brands linear digital and social media platform. She will report to Brian Robbins, president and CEO of Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon's uh, chief content officer, uh, kids and family for Paramount Plus. So he's basically the head of the class of everything. (laughs) I saw what I did there because he came from the head of the class. (laughs) Paramount Pictures' Top Gun Maverick continues to fly high over the 4th of July. While the film didn't take the top spot this past weekend, it only dropped a scant 13 and still managed to bring in $25.8 million from 3,843 theaters in its, get this, sixth weekend of release it's still pulling in that kind of money now through the holiday on this past monday ticket sales were 33 million dollars paramount's patriotic sequel has generated over 580 million dollars to date stands as the highest grossing movie of the year in north america internationally top gun maverick has collected another 550 million putting its global tally well over a billion dollars at this point and that's exciting stuff it just keeps going and going and going yeah i 
I completely agree. And I mean, Paramount also announced its upcoming big screen adaptation of the classic role playing game Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. We'll be holding a panel in oh. Hall H on Thursday, July 21st at 12 noon o'clock. And first in the mega auditorium as San Diego Comic Con returns in person after, of course, like we told you, the two year pandemic. Yes. And in addition to the medieval world, that will be brought into life in a tavern experience specifically quinty tavern where guests can sip on non-alcoholic dragon's brew inside visitors will also get a 20-minute immersive experience exclusive takeaways while interacting with their fan favorite dungeon and dragons creatures and characters plus a few surprise moments this is the second big promo blast or Dungeons and Dragons after a teaser reveal at CinemaCon back in April. Now, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves opens at box office March 3rd of 2023. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I, I, I loved the cartoon. I've, I wasn't into the game. I never really played the game, but I loved the cartoon as a kid, and I'm so I'm excited about it. Well, I mean, they're kind of smart because I'm sure Dungeons & Dragons has made a huge resurgence because of Stranger Things. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it, it, I can't wait. I, I just, I'm, I'm pumped. Wanda de Jesus, of course, from Sons of Anarchy, is set for a major recurring role, apparently, on Fatal Attraction. Paramount Plus's series reimagining of the classic 1980s psychosexual thriller film. Now, De Jesus will portray Marcella Levea, an accomplished lawyer and political animal who is comfortable in her position as district attorney. As Dan, of course, by played by Joshua Jackson, as we've told you in the past, as boss, she has at times be the bearer of bad news for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Something else that is really unfortunate. I know you're kind of sad about I'm it. Bummed. HBO's or HBO's Showtime's Your Honor will end after its upcoming season. Filming on season two has just started with Joey Hartstone, who was the writer for season one, as the new showrunner. Additionally, uh, Keith uh, Machiguana, uh, <laughs> who uh, reoccurred heavily as Lil Mo in the first installment, has been promoted to a series regular for season two. Your Honor originated as a limited series, but following its breakout rating success, it was renewed for a 10-episode second season last year. Now, Peter Moffat, who served as writer, executive producer, and showrunner in the first season, opted out not to return because he lives in the UK and wanted to stay close to his family. Very understandable. Oh. For sure, because it shot in New Orleans. I mean, it's based in New Orleans, so of course. Uh, let's see. The upcoming Showtime comedy series, The Curse, has apparently added uh, Corbin Burnson. Yes, I love Corbin. Uh, Barkhad Abdi and Constant Schulman to the cast. The show, which was picked up the series in December of 2020, explores how an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their problematic new HGTV show. Nathan Fielder and Benny Safty co-created the series and will also star alongside Emma Stone. Okay. Right. I mean, so they're trying to have a baby in a cursed place while they host the HGTV show. And that's original. That you got to give them that. That is original. It is. It really is. Well, the long-awaited Kelsey Grammer freaking Frasier revival could begin shooting this fall. Yes. Frasier himself, Kelsey Grammer, even teased it. Paramount officially greenlit this Paramount Plus series last February. Grammar confirmed that they are in the final stages of the final script 
for the first episode of the reboot and says it looks pretty good. He also <laughs> confirms that there have been some conversations about production beginning October or maybe a little later. In my opinion, I don't think this thing will ever see the light of day. I just feel like they've been talking about it for at least a year and a half now, and you're not even done with the first script. Mm. I, well, just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I I think the reason for the delay, though, I kept hearing over and over and over again was a money thing with Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, the show's called Frasier. Yeah. And he's Frasier. So if they were trying to not give him the money, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to let the man get paid. I mean, the show is literally him. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, from <laughs> what it sounds like, he's got like executive say. So if there's not a script that's up to his standards or up to par, I feel like it won't happen. Yeah. So we'll I mean, see. you know, I, I, look, the show was brilliant. It, it's like we were talking about with uh, Love and Thunder trying to live up to, you know, Ragnarok. Frasier was a fucking epic show. So it it's got to be perfect otherwise it's not gonna work yeah. so all right jumping over to nbc universal universal pictures had a huge holiday weekend at the box office or should we say little <laughs> minions the rise of Gru smashed the record for the highest film opening over independence day collecting 107 million dollars over the weekend by the time fourth of july rolled around on monday the animated family film reached a sizable 125.1 million overtaking paramount's 2011 blockbuster transformers dark of the moon which had 115.9 million over four days that's right it set the overall brand new record even beating pre-pandemic numbers that's fucking awesome Universal also took slots four and five, Jurassic World Dominion and The Black Phone, giving the studio a rare three out of the top five movies last weekend. This sixth chapter in Jurassic franchise took in 16 million over the weekend and brought that number to 19.7 million by Monday. After four weeks on the big screen, Dominion has amassed 335.3 million at the domestic box office, 824.5 million worldwide. Now, Bloomhouse's thriller, The Black Phone, collected $12.2 million from 3,156 theaters over the weekend and ended Monday with just under $15 million. Since its debut last weekend, the Black Phone has already grossed almost $50 million in North America, almost $75 million globally, and it only costs like $12 million to make, guys. Yeah, so exactly. So it's a fucking massive profit for Universal. Exactly. Like. Still want to get out to the theater and see that one. Heck yeah. Uh, Paramount's upcoming mystery thriller, The Resort, will hold its world premiere at San Diego Comic-Con. Okay. The streamer revealed on Monday a special advanced screening of the first episode will be held Saturday, July 23rd at 5.30 p.m., followed by a panel discussion with creator Andy Sierra and stars William Jackson Harper, Kristen Malotti, Luis Giretto Mendez, and Nina uh, Bloomgarden. Now, Peacock describes the result as a multi-generational coming-of-age love story disguised as a fast-paced mystery about disappointment of time. Hmm. An anniversary tips puts uh, anniversary trips puts marriage to the test when the couple finds themselves embroiled in one of Mayan Riviera's most bizarre unsolved mysteries that took place nearly 15 years prior. So, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I got to say, though, at least this week, we're hearing a lot of original shit. We are. Right. So that's good because yeah. we, we constantly slam on remakes, reboots, blah, blah, blah. So we're getting some original stuff. 
I don't know if it's going to be good, but we're getting some original. Ella J. Basco has been cast as a recurring character in Nick and Tosca's upcoming Peacock limited series, A Friend of the Family. The crime series is based on the true story of the Broberg family, whose daughter, Jan, was kidnapped multiple times over a period of years by Robert B. Berktold, a charismatic, obsessed family friend. The Brobergs devoted their faith, family, and community were ultimately unprepared for the sophisticated tactics their neighbor used to exploit their vulnerabilities, drive them apart, and turn their daughter against them. A friend of the family fowls how their lives were permanently altered and how they survived. Details of Basco's character have yet to be announced. Basco, of course, is best known for starring in Cassandra Kane's opposite Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn in the 2020 DC movie Birds of Prey, which was her film debut. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of exciting things. Now, this big one that I'm super excited to talk about because this trailer looks badass. Fucking Sony's award-winning star right now, Viola Davis. She leads a fearless all-female African fighting unit into battle in the first trailer for the Woman King. Yes. Which dropped this week. We have a weapon they are not prepared for. The unanimous voiceover, anonymous voiceover, says at one point during the trailer, followed uh, General Nancia, played by Davis, uh, rising from the jungle, unbrushed and surrounded by Agudali, sorry if I pronounced that, (laughs) a group of African warrior women poised to battle against European invaders. Mm. Now, the trailer then shows an all-female military unit training and urged on by fiercely determined Nancia. Now, the woman king is inspired by true events that took place in the kingdom of Dohimi, now one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. The story follows Nancia and Nawi, played by uh, Thusu Madu, as an ambitious recruit who together fights enemies who violated their honor, enslaved their people, and threatened to destroy everything they've ever lived for. John Boyega, he plays Dohimi's ruler, King Goizo, now who urged but on by Nesca's to oppose Europeans aiming to conquer their kingdom. Now, the film will land in theaters on September 16th, and man, oh man, it does look pretty badass. I'm excited for it. I haven't seen the trailer, but now I want to. Yeah, I mean, that like, sounded it's like fucking, it's going to kick out. Viola Davis kicking some ass, leading some warrior women. It's like original fucking story. Like, it's it looks like crazy amount of action and... um. What's her name from Miss Marvel? Monica Rambo. Yeah, She's in yeah. it. Like, uh, yeah, John Boyega and like so many others. Fucking so love it. Yeah. Sounds like them, the, the badass girls from uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Sony, this one, I, talking about something that I don't think is ever going to make the light of day, like this one apparently, Sony has decided to push Devotion yet again to November 23rd as a wide release. The studio previously planned on an October rollout that included going limited on October 14th and October 21st, an expansion, and then a wide break on October 28th. Now, on its new date, and this is why I'm thinking, why are they doing this? Will it or will it not ever see the light of day? On its new date, Devotion now joins Disney's animated Strange World, Universal's Steven Spielberg autobiopic The Fablemans, and more on what looks to be an extremely crowded weekend at the box office. Why did you move it there? Seems like you don't want people to see it. 
The J.D. Dillard-directed aerial war movie follows the harrowing true story of two elite U.S. Navy fighter pilots during the Korean War. Their heroic sacrifices would ultimately make them the Navy's most celebrated wingmen. Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell star. The pick screenplay is by Jake Crane and Jonathan A.H. Stewart, based on a book by Adam Makos. So, so, a Korean Top Gun. Yeah, basically. I mean, That's a, what it sounds a, like. a Korean War Top Gun. Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll see how that goes, man. <laughs> well, probably my favorite story of the week, and I'm super excited about it. I love the fucking trailer. Lionsgate finally got a sneak peek of the official uh, Kevin Smith Clerks 3 as Lionsgate gets ready to set the uh, sequel in theaters for two nights only on September 13th and 15th. The trailer sees Randall, played by Jeff Anderson, uh, tapped fellow clerks Dante Ellis, Jay, and Silent Bob, uh, played by Smith, of course, to make movie uh, immortalizing his life at a convenience store that started it all. Fred Armisen, uh, Sarah Michael Geller, and Ben Affleck all make brief cameos in the trailer. Now, in February of 2018, Smith tweeted a selfie from the hospital bed after telling his fans that he just survived a massive heart attack, better known as the Widowmaker. It is by no surprise Randall in Clerks 3 also had a near-fatal heart attack, which inspired the sequel script that, that Smith wrote and directed. Now, Fathom Events and Lionsgate will present Clerks 3 and more than uh, 700 U.S. movie theaters in September with both nights to feature an exclusive look behind the scenes with director Smith and the cast of the film. It's basically his life, guys. So I'm super excited about it. It looks fucking epic. I just, yeah, I'm, I can't wait. I'm, uh, first of all, let me say, I'm thrilled that Lionsgate is giving it a theatrical release. I hate that it's two nights only. Yeah. It's I, I, I mean, I would like to see it you know, play for a while, but, um, I think it's going to be really cool. Of course, you and I had the, had the great pleasure of going to see Kevin Smith and talk about all these kinds of things with the, his movies and, and, and all this kind of stuff. So that behind the scenes thing and getting to be, see that interaction and have them talk is worth it right there to go see it. So I would highly recommend you guys see that and, and just watch it. It's going to be huge. Yeah, completely uh, agree. Yeah. We went and saw the Jay and silent Bob reboot when yeah. he was showing it to like different cities. It was really amazing. Oh, uh, just incredible. We're like uh, such a fun night. Uh, okay. Hey, let's check to Netflix. And this sounds like it's going to be really cool. Netflix is rolling out a new, way to bring theater-like immersive audio to streaming customers worldwide using existing stereo speakers. Now, how the heck are they going to do that? Well, apparently the streaming giant announced that it's launching spatial audio through a partnership with audio technology company Sennheiser. According to Netflix, the spatial audio tech helps translate the cinematic experience of immersive surround sound audio to any stereo. That means audio designed to come from behind the viewer, like, say, the growing indentations of Stranger Things 4 super bad guy Vecna, will theoretically be reproduced as intended on regular stereo speakers. Netflix said it would begin rolling out spatial audio across its catalog beginning July 7th. Currently, 
27 titles are available with the format, including Stranger Things, The Witcher, Lock and Key, and Red Notice, the movie, of course, starring Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, they have the whole list at Netflix if you want to see, but it's a ton of shows that are doing this, so that's cool. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, speaking of Stranger Things, the current season was watched for a 4.2 billion minutes during the June 6th to June 13th viewing window, which was season four's second full week of availability. According to the Nelson's newly top our newly released top 10 streaming rankings, the series has now had three of the measurement company's top five streaming weeks ever. Oh, and I mean, I think it definitely is one of the biggest shows of all time. So it makes sense. Oh, for sure. For sure. Speaking of, one of the biggest of all time, Mr. Chris Evans, Captain America, America's ass himself, has joined the cast of Pain Hustlers, teaming up with potentially the Invisible Woman, Fantastic Four, just saying, Emily Blunt in the upcoming Netflix production. The package was the hottest... <laughs> I referenced his butt. Now it's this package. What am I? Where are we going? The package was the hottest sale at this year's Cannes market, commanding a price tag in excess of $50 million. Now, in addition to Blunt, the movie was a desirable property because it is directed by David Yates, who oversaw the bulk of the hugely popular Harry Potter films, as well as the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them franchise. The movie's official logline reads, Dreaming of a better life for her and her young daughter, Liza Drake, played by Blunt, a high school dropout, lands a job with a failing pharmaceutical startup in a yellowing strip mall in Central Florida. Liza's charm, gut, and drive catapult the company and her into the high life where she soon finds herself at the center of a criminal conspiracy with deadly consequences. Mm. Oh. Sounds intense. Yeah. Is, is, is Chris the criminal? Right. Oh. We'll, we'll I mean, see, man. Makes sense. You yeah. know, if you're branded as Captain America, you want to start playing bad guys. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Well, the official trailer for season four of Virgin River, the Netflix romantic drama based on the novels by Robin Carr, has been released. Virgin River stars Alexandra Beckenridge as Melinda Monroe, a nurse practitioner who accepts a job to move from Los Angeles to a uh, particular small town in North Carolina. Now, the show follows Melinda as she adjusts to a small town life in involvement with a romantic drama, particularly involving a local restaurant owner played mm. by uh, Martin Henderson. His name in the show is Jack Sheridan. The show's season four trailer picks up where season three left off, obviously. Melinda pregnant and unsure <gasps> whether or not it's Jack's baby or if the father is her late husband, Mark, played by Daniel Gillis. The question causes a strain in the two's relationship, especially with Melinda eager to find out who the father is while Jack tries to dissuade her from taking a paternity test. Damn. I mean, this is a big one for Netflix, I feel like. Um, they don't really have a lot of romantic dramas. So, I mean, I, it makes sense that this one is doing so well. And I'm honestly surprised that it's getting a fourth season because nothing really ever gets a fourth season <laughs> in Netflix. So, <laughs> kudos true. to them. It's true. Hey, congratulations, guys. You're one of the rare ones. <laughs> Jumping over to Amazon. This Speaking of a big package, right? Like, it was in the $50 million Netflix just spent. This one had to cost a pretty penny, I'm guessing. Reese Witherspoon and Will Ferrell are headed to the old in a new wedding comedy for Amazon Studios. Amazon landed the rights to the untitled movie from writer-director Nick Stoller. 
in which Witherspoon and Farrell will star and produce under their respective banners. Now, while details of the movie's plot are still being kept under wraps, the premise reportedly involves two weddings that are booked at the same venue on the same weekend. Sources say Amazon landed the rights to the project in a highly competitive situation with bids coming in from both streamers and studios. Apparently, they wanted to do this as a theatrical, which is logical, of course, given that Witherspoon, Farrell, and Stoller's stellar comedy resumes have all been successful either way, right? So to note, Hello Sunshine also has a number of high-profile projects in the works at Amazon, which is probably why they won. Yeah, exactly. Just saying. It makes complete (laughs) sense. Well, Amazon Prime has canceled Night Sky just after one season. Now, this one is a science fiction series starring Sissy Space... uh, Space... Uh, and J.K. Simmons, the decision to not move forward with another installment comes about six weeks after the first season premiered all eight episodes of its uh, episodes on streamer on May 20th. So that sucks. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's the coal miner's daughter and J. Jonah Jameson. What the fuck? Why can't we have a series with them? Jump into Apple. Let's take a bite out of this one. Mark Menkaka from Ozark has signed on to star alongside Andre Holland, Don Cheadle, Alessandro Nivola, and Tiffany Boone in the six-episode limited series The Big Cigar, which is, of course, centered on Black Panther leader Huey P. Newton for Apple TV+. Uh, Menkaka is set for the series' regular role of Agent Sidney Clark, a former lawyer and Vietnam vet from Oklahoma. Clark lives undercover as a dirty hippie while pursuing Newton, who is wanted on charges of killing a teenage prostitute. I think that series is going to be like badass and I can't wait for it. Yeah, seriously, that sounds really intense. Uh, well, Apple's limited series adaptation of Lady in the Lake has rounded out its cast with Byron Bowers from Irma Veep, Kimi, No Sudden Move, and Honey Boy, Josiah Cross, and uh, Mike Epps, which is epic, yeah. Noah Jupe, and Pruitt. Taylor Vince are the latest additions to the series. They join previously announced cast members Natalie Portman, uh, Lee Noel, um, Mikey Madison, Brett Gilman, as well as Moses Ingram. As we told you about our previous shows, the series is an adaptation of Laura Lippman's novel of the same name. And it takes place in 1960s Baltimore, where an unsolved murder pushes housewife and mother Maddie Schwartz to uh, reinvent her life as an investigation journalist and sets her on a collision course with a Cleo Sherwood, a hardworking woman juggling motherhood, many jobs, and a passionate commitment to advancing Baltimore's black progressive agenda. Mm. So that's a really good social message like show, it sounds like. So, I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, no, it's going to be badass. Apple two, like puts together some good stuff. Yeah, and two Star Wars people in it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Come on now. <laughs> I liked that industry news. That was exciting because there was a lot of original stuff there that yeah. sounded pretty good. Exactly, man. It only takes you 201 episodes <laughs> to basically put out all original content. But, you know, it's fine. It's <sighs> fine. Well, guys, we had to rethink our top five this week because, you know, of the legendary passings of these so many amazing creators um but this week it is top five james is it cons cans cans uh, con, con, james con james cons films so you know i mean with his resume expanding so many decades i mean there's so many things that we could have put on there but these they speak to us i feel like and especially with both of our number five it's brian's song this mm-hmm. is potentially one of like 
the first films I had watched about the, you know, civil rights movement, I guess you could say, like when I was around 10 or 11 and watching this progression of how the the world was, especially in the sports industry um, and how these two men basically bonded together for the rest of their lives and inspired by a true story, obviously Walter Payton and uh, Brian Piccolo. Um, but yeah, and it's an amazing film and it, it gets you crying every single time. Uh, for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, he was nominated for an Emmy for it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it dealt heavily with friendship. It dealt heavily with, uh, of course, Brian dying and, uh, and, and yeah, the, the civil rights movement and, 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 and how that change and shift from Piccolo, you know, position. And, and it was an amazing film. I mean, it was just an amazing film. Um, and if you haven't seen it, don't watch the remake. The remake fucking sucked. Watch the original uh, and you'll see what we're talking about. Guaranteed to make you cry. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Well, number four for me is the remake of get smart because he was in the TV show, right? That's Mm. what it was. Um, I'm talking about the movie because I thought it was fucking hilarious and Hathaway fucking, um, uh, Steve Carell, I think The Rock's in it, maybe. Uh, but he played James plays the president, mm-hmm. and he plays it ever so brilliantly. This man, basically, anytime he gets on screen, he just knocks it out of the park. So that's why I have to put that one on my list. Uh, that was honestly one of the first movies that I think I got to go see by myself. My parents were going to another movie at the same time, but I think that was one of the first movies I got to go see by myself. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number four is another football movie. It's the program in which he plays the head coach. It's probably one of my favorite football movies of all time. It is uh, a very stark look at <laughs> football in America and, and the pressure on athletes to perform um, and he is a take no shit, take no prisoners head coach in this film. Yeah. Scary as fuck. And which is why Khan pulled it off so brilliantly. Um, this one holds a special place for me, too, because it's one of the last movies I ever got to watch with my brother that we went to go see together. Um, and of course, we were both diehard into football and um, played football and everything. So this one was a This one was a good one and, and holds a special place for me. But uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, it's it's see if you can find the uncut version because they edited some scenes out now that are controversial. But if you find the uncut and unedited version, it's a much better film and, and check it out. It's awesome. For sure, man. For sure. Well, number three for both of us. How do we not put this one? on yeah. there? I mean, it is Elf, Will Ferrell, Ed Asner. And James Caan, this guy is fucking amazing. I mean, just yeah, this is like the type of story where you can see that anybody can change. Anybody can change for the right. better. And especially if a circumstance presents itself that you are was unbeknownst to you and that you just kind of have to adapt to, especially when you realize that you have a kid that <laughs> it's been like so many years. But I think this is just a great family film, a Christmas classic that you just have to watch every year. I mean, come on now. I mean, for sure. And uh, look, this just goes to show the skill level of this man. Okay. Yeah. Because how he was able to hold a straight face in any of that with Will Ferrell's over the top buddy uh, is amazing to me. I mean, cause Khan is always so just like, you know, stern and like, for, and so how he did not just bust out. I have no idea. Right. I, I mean, it, it, good for him. I mean, just brilliant. Actor. Yeah. Brilliant actor. For sure, man. For sure. Well, number two for me goes to eraser. Ooh. A lot of people forget eraser. I mean, it's a great Arnold Schwarzenegger, like 
C CIA FBI type like internal investigation type shit. I I just I love that type of genre. And I mean he he falls so perfectly into that type of genre because I mean he can always play either a good guy, a bad guy, and just anything in between, basically. Anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger, to be honest. I'll watch it. It doesn't matter if it's good <laughs> or not. I mean, to be honest, it is what it is. Uh that's why number two for me is eraser. For sure, for sure. My number two. <laughs> He did con spent in basically the entire movie in a bed. Uh, and I'm of course talking about, I mean, one of the most scary, terrifying movies of all time with Kathy Bates wielding a giant hammer and screaming, he didn't get out of the cock of duty car and then smashing Khan's legs to bits. Uh, I'm of course talking about misery, which was it's titled misery because it's a, it's based the book misery is what Khan's character wrote. And Kathy Bates character was not happy on how the book went, kidnaps him and basically holds him hostage, chained to this bed and then brutally terrorizes and beats this man. And, mm. and at some point bashes his fucking legs in yeah. like it is a terrifying movie. Kathy Bates and Khan both are like so scary good in this movie. It's unreal. But the reason it's near the top of my list is because whenever you think of James Caan, you think tough guy, right? Yeah. He's the one kicking ass. He's the one handling business. But in this, he's getting his fucking ass handed yeah. by this crazy ass woman. And you don't normally think of that with James Caan. So, again, just showed the level of this man's talent and, mm -hmm. and being able to do it. it was just amazing. Of yeah, course. for sure, man. For sure. And, of course, number one, how could we not have this on both of our lists as number one of course him playing sunny in the godfather of course fucking so good he is like just perfect for that character and i mean a younger him i think <laughs> hey i don't know i could just see how he was that playboy rugged tough guy like i mean he just pulls that off so brilliantly and then of course watching the offer you see how he basically kind of beat up that real life fucking asshole and i yeah. thought that was epic um but yeah i it's just probably one of his best performances of all time i mean if not the best performance of all time of his so that's why it's on my list number one yeah and and the odd thing is, is could you even see if it had gone the other way and he got pacino's part that remember the crazy. studio wanted him to play that role yeah. they were like dead set on him yeah. playing that role and and I just think that would change the whole dynamic of probably the greatest film of all time. I think, what and, and I mean, uh, it's just mind boggling, but mm -hmm. he ended up in the role that he was born to play yeah. of Sonny. And I, I, I can't think of any better way to, to, you know, put him on the list as number one than the Godfather in a role. Like I said, he was born to play. Yeah. Spoilers, like 40 years time spoilers. I was so sad when he died. Like uh, <laughs> when he died in the film, like, I mean, that was such a. Sonny died? Damn it. What? Oh my right? God. No one man. knew. No one knew. Man, oh man. You can't kill Sonny. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do <laughs> but it. apparently you can. Exactly, exactly. Damn it. We just ruined a whole generation. I know. Like, I just, sorry. Oh sorry. my gosh. He's so good. Uh, hold hey on. guys, Coppola's calling. He's uh, like, "You fuckers!" Exactly, <laughs> spoiled everything. But guys, oh man, oh man, please let us know your top five James Con films. We want to know. Be sure to comment on the YouTube section, comment on Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. Oh yeah. Or I mean, you know, any of the people who had passed this week, let us know your favorite project of theirs. We for sure we love all of them. 
Now, time for the box office recap. Like we said, Minions fucking killed it last week. Brought in uh, at around like $107 million. Uh, Top Gun Maverick still killing it at the box office. Brought in 25.8. Elvis brought in 18 and a half at the number three spot. <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion brought in 16 million. And the Black Phone brought in 12.2 million. So that back and forth battle only lasted a week. Literally. Yeah, it just it wasn't even close. <laughs> it was like it's week, unfortunate because but... everybody should go see Elvis. It's a really oh, good for movie. sure. Yeah. Um, new movies coming out. Of course, Thor Love and Thunder tonight. We're super excited yes. about it. Uh, next week, you can go see Where the Crawdads Sing. Super excited about that one. For sure. Pause of Fury is also next week i think that's a prequel to like the kung fu panda movies i think so um and all other good and things. mrs harris goes to paris if you, i keep seeing this trailer for in front of the movies and i oddly want to see this thing i don't recognize any of the people in it it's about this old lady whose husband dies and she gets some money she goes to buy the perfect dress but it looks fucking entertaining as hell from the trailer i, I can't help it maybe i'm just getting fucking old but i'm gonna check out mrs harris goes to paris oh for sure man <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Movies you can still go see at the box office at your select theaters are Lightyear, and Please, it's a good movie. Go Please see go it. see it. The Malcolm's li- Mr. Malcolm's List, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but hey, it's on Disney Plus now, yes. so just get Disney Plus and a couple of others, guys. Just be sure to head over to your local cinemas and just have fun this weekend. For sure. IMDb Pro's top trending segment. Oh, man, the top trending movie is still Elvis because everybody's still talking about Austin Butler's performance. That's mm. why he is also the top trending star. And, of course, the top trending show that everyone has been talking about is Stranger Things things yes this guy doesn't even know who vecna is like I, he no i did emily didn't tell you i started finally i started this yes yes i yeah. finally started did you see the little Volume story though one of season four yeah no true yeah. I, I haven't watched the second part yet um did you see that little story though that was really interesting about how miles teller auditioned for elvis and lost the role to austin butler mm-hmm. and austin butler auditioned for rooster and, no, uh, and lost that. that and so it's funny how it worked out pretty well for both, for of, both them, of them right so it's just ironic how things play out it's like you know what yeah. you're not rooster and you're not elvis but you guys are both gonna flip exactly. and have huge hits that's so, crazy because yeah. yeah i heard the top three were harry styles uh miles teller and austin butler so yeah that's pretty epic man that's pretty yeah. epic well guys thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 201 of inside the crazy ant farm be sure to follow the company on social media and the podcast the podcast is at itcap podcast anywhere and everywhere the link is in the description yes the company is at crazy ant media anywhere and everywhere the link is also in the description all the links are in the description by yes the way. <laughs> follow us both personally myself at jlo fantastic and at crazy ant guy 1970 yes and be sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast anchor apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, radio podbean stitcher and so much more if you're watching the live video thank you so much for getting crazy with us we appreciate you chloe second week in a row making yes. it through the whole thing killing it man killing chloe it Chloe rocks yeah she really does we need to send chloe a t-shirt we do we really do be sure to like the video subscribe to the channel and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of crazy ant media yes be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com we're gonna start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear we got shirts we got hats we have shoes we have everything guys be sure to check us out and of course be sure to watch our film deadlines on our our website as well at crazyantmedia.com. 
But man, oh man, like you said, I think it was a great week for original content. Absolutely, man. And it's finally so refreshing to see because all these, and don't get me wrong, there have been some good reboots or revivals, okay? I'm not saying that there hasn't been, but the majority of them, the vast majority of them sucked. So to see original content coming out now and seeing some bright, you know, new faces, that's exciting. And and hopefully a good sign for the future moving forward with these streamers that we're going to get more of that. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. And like we said, we have to honor the one and only every single week. We want to wish her and her family well wishes once again for the her father passing away. I know that's a tough time and a tough circumstance to be in, um, but she's amazing and she can overcome anything. That's right. She's so. like fucking, you know, top tier, top yes. tier. We're, We're talking about the one, the one, the only Oprah. Oprah.